Hello, this is Tracy Hickman. And I'm Laura Hickman. And our DNA is actually currently orbiting on the International Space Station. So, we are in orbit right now on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you've been guilty of witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. From the construction zone in the back room of the Area 51 Playmobil Mobile Home Project, it's once again clickbait for the years. Welcome to TalkCast 391, this edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Tonight, with electrical outages peppering the Northeast and pepper-flavored electricity in the Southwest, I'm your host, the guy with the air conditioning that only works in the winter, the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight, some of the gang in the Peabody Time Tunnel, sitting in at the new and improved Sci-Fi Saturday Night Help Desk and Gaming Pavilion, it's our own button-pushing, keyboard-clacking, sonic screwdrivering, violent virtuoso, Kriana. It glows now. I know. I am. I I went down and and actually saw the brand new Sci-Fi Saturday Night Help Desk and gaming pavilion and it is like super cool you did a you guys did a really nice mm-hmm. job putting that it, together like you know it's a real gamer thing by the amount of leds it uses right no i know it's a really a gamer thing because not only do you have one outboard monitor as opposed to just a main monitor but it's a mac system that somehow is running windows to play Skyrim, obviously. <laughs> obviously. And, I, and when I saw the Internet Exploder little thing on the bottom, I just kind of went... We call it something oh, else sacrilege. now. We call it... um. I don't know what we call it. We call it shitty, because it is. Yeah, pretty much. I don't think I can take it out, though. Oh, it's called Edge now. Yeah, I can't take it off of here. Can no, I? you can't. No, it, it's kind of like psychically embedded into whatever system it is, which is unfortunate. It's just never used. Uh, joining us hopefully later on uh, from the Dank Dungeons award-winning book bag recycling plant at Cyborg University's IT department in the library annex in Winston-Salem, Massachusetts, a Zombrarian will be joining us. Maybe. Hopefully. Maybe. Maybe. Be nice if she did. I haven't seen her since I checked out her uh, her, her wonderful work in the in the IT department at Sci-Fi Saturday Night. You guys did just an excellent job. In in any case, our guest tonight is uh, the newest member of the Five Timers Club. Uh, he he's an author. He's an editor. He's a friend of the show. He's one of the most interesting gentlemen we ever spoke with. And hopefully we'll be speaking to him for a long time to come. Uh, I'm making this up as I go along. Uh, Rob Smales. Rob, welcome once again to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Thanks, Dom. 
You know, you know, I got I got to tell you your 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 dry wit and understanding of the world and your own particular worldview. It makes for wonderful conversation from time to time. And it's really a lot of fun having you on. Well, I'm glad somebody else finds it funny besides me. Usually well, it's yeah. just me. No, 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 no. In this case you're 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 a kindred spirit however good or bad that actually may be. Uh but tonight uh among one of the things that we want to talk about is uh, the roles that you played in the production of My Peculiar Family 2, The Curse of uh, Curly's Cold. Uh, not the actual subtitle, but whatever. Uh, because you had kind of a really interesting behind-the-scenes look at this as it came together. I got yeah I got to play dual roles I had two hats. Um uh you kindly asked me to to uh, uh submit a story for the anthology um My Peculiar Family 2 and I was thrilled to be asked and sat down wrote myself a story. Um actually I wrote two stories. You already heard that. You already heard <laughs> yep. that story. And then when I was done um discovered that uh oh we were also editing it. Uh so my the small editing company i'm 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 half of uh got the job of editing the book and i i didn't know about that until it was too late well i i kind of knew that it, that it was going to happen and i realized when when we were kind of setting things up with your partner in crime the the wonderful and and, and talented stacy longo yeah that that when it came time for the editing to happen, you were going to have to recuse yourself from your own story. <laughs> well, of course, you ha you you can't edit your own shit because you um it, you have too much of it in your head. You have all the backstory in your head. You have um so much of it inside. You can't really tell if you got it all on the outside when you're just looking at it on the page. You might have missed something and be filling in the blanks on your own, and and it takes somebody else's eyes to to make sure that you actually have the whole story out on the page. Boy, I and, can't tell you how many times somebody else's eyes have saved my ass from abject stupidity. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And my, I, uh, I, I have a very talented set of someone else's eyes because, uh, Stacy is a, a wonderful editor. Um, she's great to work with and I'm glad that I had her looking over my story. Um, so for, for those people that haven't seen the, uh, the Kickstarter yet, in or, or haven't seen the numerous posts along the way about the Kickstarter, your story went through some very interesting uh, issues. Issues? Is it? Is it issues? Yeah. Yeah, I have I have issues, not problems. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I sat down. To, um, for people who don't know, uh, my peculiar family is about a woman. The, the framework for the anthology is a woman goes back to her old homestead um, that she's been estranged from uh, because she inherits the house and she finds some old photographs and tintypes that she realizes are family members she's ne never even heard of. And she is going through her father's library, a room she was banned from as a child, and, and finding out the family histories. And we, the writers, got to write the family histories. We get to write the stories of the people. So we got, we each were given uh, by the dome a, a photograph 
and that's it. We got a photograph, and for uh, this for this volume, uh, a holiday or a celebration. And so I got a photograph of some old dude. It was an old like uh, sepia colored photo, and uh, just birthday. That's it. Uh, that's the whole prompt. Um, yeah. Well, you also got the guy's name. The guy's yes. name was Donovan Newborn. Donovan Newborn. So I got I got picture Donovan Newborn birthday, and I sat down to write a story. I had a, I had a a fun idea. I had a very fun idea, um, and I sat down and I'm not normally a fast writer, and I banked out a story pretty pretty well. Um, sent it off to Stacy, my partner in crime, and uh, she. I, I mean, I I wrote it, I, I trimmed it down, I edited it on my own as much as I could, and then sent it off to her. And she said, hey, this is a really good story. I said, thanks. And she says, there's just one problem. I said, what? And I was thinking it was something small. She says, it doesn't fit the, the story prompt at all. I said, what do you mean? It's about a, it's about a birthday. <laughs> um, it was about a birthday, but I didn't keep the photo in front of me when I was writing the story. Um, the photo is quite obviously of an older gentleman um maybe my age maybe a little bit older and i had written uh the story of someone's 21st birthday so it didn't quite match up um it was disheartening i was sad so i sat down and uh, i had to write another story so i wrote two stories for uh, my peculiar family too and the interesting thing, uh, by the way, the second story was killer. And I didn't even know about this until after everything had been put together. And Stacy said to me, I got to tell you what happened. And I went, okay. And she told me the story. And I said, it seems a real shame because this is a really cool story. So one of the pledges you can make to Kickstarter is the Rob Smale Special Award. And you will get not only the book. And the ebook of all the stories, but you will also get a digital copy of For Today We Are Man, uh, the story that was wrong, but still a really good story. Yeah. So, which, which, and it, re no, don't give me this. Yeah, it's a really good story. I really liked it a lot. Yeah, but you could subtitle it Rob Smales' Fabulous Fuck Up, is, is what you could do. <laughs> Which is why you didn't you didn't know anything about it because we try to keep these kinds of things quiet when we screw up this badly. Um, I'm oh, glad it. Oh, no, that's that's a number number <laughs> one a semicolon comma backslash. That's not fair. I mean, you know, you you got caught in in the in the 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 moment of it and just ripped out this this thing straight out of your head onto the page. And just kind of went, oh, I forget about this one thing. And it's not the first time it's happened in, in the series of books. It, it, it's happened at least once. Uh, and I think in this book, it's happened at least once in every volume. But in this volume, it happened twice. So, you know, it's, this is not a fabulous screw-up. This, this is, this is uh, serendipitous because it gives the readers something special that they might not normally get, which is that reward, the never-before-published for Today We Are Man. No, and it's not going to be anywhere else either, I don't think. I, it, 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 was written to fit, it was written to fit your book 
and uh, except except for this one minor glitch, <laughs> except for this one glaring obvious problem, it does. And minor I, I glitch. couldn't see minor uh, glitch. except for this one minor glitch, but I couldn't see it fitting in anywhere else. Like to a general submission call, I don't I don't know that I would want to put it anywhere else. So I'm, I'm I, glad I, that I, I got to I'm glad really I got to offer it up for the Kickstarter. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you go to the Kickstarter page, the other thing that you can get <coughs> is John Palisano's uh, volume, cha chapter one of the book written by John Palisano for free. You can download it right off the Kickstarter page. So there's all kinds of stuff going on. We've got about a, a week left to go on the Kickstarter and yes. moving along slowly, plottingly like a sloth, oddly enough, because we were talking about sloths before we hit the record button for super, some unknown reason. Super sloth. Super sloth. <laughs> so how different was it for you as an editor seeing how other people attack the writing prompt from My Peculiar Family? Um, well, okay. First off, it was a little bit unnerving. I was um, I, I was very happy with, with this the, with the first story that I wrote um, that didn't fit. And uh, in the end, I turned out being even happier with the second story. I, I actually think the second story wound up being a better story. So hooray, I screwed up and, and made it better. Um, but then we were editing the stories as they came in. We were getting to read the stories as they came in. Um, and it occurred to me that, shit, it's a good thing I brought my A game because there's some really good stories in this friggin' book. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I, I wouldn't want to be like the, the one lone holdout where everyone was like, yeah, this book was really good. Except for this one by the guy named Smales. Uh, I, I didn't want to be the downer. Um, and I don't actually think there is a downer in this particular anthology. So I would kind of agree with you on that one. Uh, only because this, this is the kind of volume where, uh, these, these two books, have all been kind of, hey, you know, do you want to try doing this for us? And I don't believe of the 25 writers we've had in the first two books, we've had more than one or two people who, for whatever reason, have just said, nah, I can't really do this. Uh, Tom Stogoski was one who did it for book one but made me the solemn oath to be here for book two and immediately was as soon as the uh, email went out. But yeah, these are, these are all guys who've, who've been on the show that, that we know that know us and that really want to take the time to do uh, something weird and, and different. And this is, uh, this has been really good for, them. so what did, what, what was going through your mind as you were uh, kind of, reading these because you know i didn't even look at them until you guys were done with them i didn't see the stories until that point i could have but i didn't because I, I would get the 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 email from you guys going here's this story here are the edits and 99 percent of the time it was just like yeah send it out man that's great well I didn't know actually who was going to be in it until we were, until we were reading the stories. I was finding out, you know, the the, the authors' names as the stories were hitting my inbox. Um, 
I was really happy at um, the quality of the stories from people that I know because you you don't you don't want to ever be in the position where you're looking at someone looking at a friend and going you know oh that's ooh that's not good that never happened in in this book um, but there are several people in here that I had never read before um, and now I I find myself being kind of a fan. Um, I have never read Stephen Lomer before. Uh, and the Roman conundrum is a fantastic story. Yeah. Um, I, I had, I had never actually read any of his stuff either. And it was kind of reading it and going, wow, I need to know this guy. This is, this is really interesting stuff. Thompson, Thompson Nagoski. I, th- I think he only lives one town over from me. I've never met him, had never read his stuff. Um, and I didn't, uh, it, he was one of the first ones that I got that I, I read and I, I wasn't really paying attention to who they were yet. I was just kind of rolling through and reading them. Um, and I had to do a little bit of research because longings from a dusty shelf was so good. I wanted to find out, you know, who the hell's this guy? Um, and he's got some serious stuff out there that I'm kind of a fan of now. Um, Matthew Filion with remember, remember, I, I think I'd seen him at a couple of conventions, you know, talked to him to say hi a couple of times, but hadn't read any of his stuff yet. And uh, I was, I was happy I got to take a second swing at my story because, <laughs> because all of these are so good. And then the, the people that I know, uh, Ursula Wong, John Valeri, uh, Vlad V, Del Phillips, everything was rolling it was rolling up so well everything was fitting so well um i wanted being just really happy i was i'm i was happy that you asked me when you asked me and then after i got to read everybody's stories and got to see what was actually going to be in the book i was even happier that you had asked me to be in the book so uh it was kind of a good experience all around i'm glad to hear that i really am uh the, the, these books for me are a lot of fun just to see where you guys go with it, you know, uh, as, as authors and, and having, having you and Stacy uh, work with me in putting this volume together has been an awful, awful lot of fun. So if you could say uh, anything to, to the listeners out there to get them to uh, shell out some coin for this Kickstarter, you know, what makes it, what makes it better than, I don't know, poking the eye with a sharp stick. Uh, we'll get uh-huh. to why that's... Sorry, I had to do that. Uh, that's that's a new one. I haven't heard that one yet. I haven't heard that in like uh, five minutes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would I say to the reader... Uh, uh, what would I say to the John Q. public to get them to um, pick up My Peculiar Family? Yeah. Uh, two, My Peculiar Family 2. Um, this is... How many... Oh, God. How many people? 14, 14 stories in this? Um more yeah. i'd have to count them up uh, this is this is 14 different uh 15 15 different authors all with a, a very similar prompt and they're all taking wildly different paths to come up with terrific stories um you get to see the amazingly various ways that people get to look at this the same world i mean we were all given very i mean we were all given different names we were all given different uh photographs and we were all given a different holiday 
or celebration. Um, but that's what we got was a picture, a, a name, and a celebration. And that's kind of the same prompt. And the incredibly different stories that came from that that very similar prompt, it's kind of amazing. Um, I could not have said that better myself, <laughs> but it's nice to hear somebody else besides me who thinks that way. It's really uh, an incredibly different book and so different from the first volume. Um, and and again, I can't thank you enough for being a part of it. Uh, thank uh, you very much for asking me. No, nah, man, you know, you know that I love the way you write and, uh, I love the point of view that you bring to things. And speaking of that, thank you. Uh, and speaking of a poke in the eye with a sharp stick, you have been working, uh, not only as a writer, but also as an editor, uh, for the past couple of years. And one of the books that you've just finished editing just came out, I think this week. Uh, it came out a week ago today on the 14th. And it's called A Sharp Stick in the Eye and Other Funny Stories. Yes. <laughs> and there, there, there are some really freaking funny stories in this. Um, I was approached by Books and Booze Press, who uh, they wanted to put together a horror humor anthology. Um, and it, there's different ways to phrase it. I th- I've been calling stories that were darkly humorous. Um, the kind of stuff that appeals to someone who laughs, who, you know, actually has to fight not to laugh at a funeral. Um, and uh, they had this project in mind, but they wanted someone to spearhead it. They wanted someone to kind of take over and, and run things and read through the submission pile. And um, I was, again, it was, an, it was something else that I was thrilled to be involved in. Um, it was the first it was the first book of this kind that I've been involved with editing. Um, everything else that I have done has been uh, kind of a, a closed circuit. Um, we have this pool of writers that are putting together this book. Okay. Um, and, and that is a lot of that is helping each of those writers tell the best story that, you know, tell their story the best way they can, um, which is a lot of fun, but is, different from going through the roughly 160 stories that were submitted for this book um, and winnowing it down to 14 um, and, and getting to pick the 14 that tickled my funny bone the most. And I did, which means this is at the moment, this is like my favorite book in the world. (laughs) Um, We have, uh, I can I'll, I'll run through the um, the list of authors that we have. The uh, the only thing I wrote in this was the introduction, and we have stories by Brian Asman, John McElveen, uh, Roy Brian Bishop, J.C. Ray, Martin Ziegler, Daniel Becker, David Price, Wayne Faust, James F.W. Thompson, Jim Horlock, Eric Klein, A.P. Sessler, Renee Miller, and the one and only Jeff Strand. Um, these are some f- twisted and funny people. Um, this was a lot of fun to put together. And while you've been busy editing, thank God you continue to write. 
because you know you bring a really interesting different and original voice to the genre and i mean that with all sincerity and deepest respect thank you so oh you're very welcome i mean you know sorry but i'm just being totally honest at this point so in the next couple of weeks you getting a a, a new book released from uh, bloodshot books uh your novella friends in high places yes yeah that was also fun it was a long time coming but it was also it was also fun can we talk about what the book's about and uh where it um, came from where it came from huh it was a mistake <laughs> <laughs> oh, i God, sense I just, a got, theme everything you sense a theme okay um <laughs> right there is a um I belong to a group called the story side and the story side is it's a writing collaborative five professionally oriented um, authors, really and, brilliant writers and, and, and editors um, who are, we are dedicated to putting out the highest quality fiction that we can, whichever, whatever we write. And it's kind of, uh, we have someone who writes historical fiction. We have um, someone who writes, Stacey Longo writes darkly funny stuff. I tend to write horror uh, Vlad V writes horror, but it's got a science. Usually has a science fiction twist to it. Um, Dave Daniel writes beautiful mysteries, and we're all kind of pooling our resources to put together um, to put out the best fiction we can, no matter if we're we're self publishing it or putting it out through small, you know, various small presses, whatever. But as a group, every uh, year and a half or so, we we put out um, an anthology of our own, which are at the moment the Insanity Tales. Um, huh? We are we are currently working on Insanity Tales 4, but Insanity Tales 3 had, um, uh, they're Insanity Tales and they kind of have a theme to them. And the, the, the theme for book three was seasons. And we're each writing, so we're each writing kind of dark stories from whatever angle we're coming at it from um, that have to do with season. So I wanted, I wanted a summer story. And I, I, to me, summer is kids summer, you know, summer's off from school. And when you, when you say summer, I'm picturing you know, not having to, you know, no more teachers, no more books. Um, and so I started writing, uh, I started writing a story that was set in when I was a kid. It's actually set a little bit before that. It's it's right about 1975, um, and it's about it's it's a hazing, uh, like a neighborhood hazing for the new kid in the neighborhood um, that goes horribly wrong, and the kids, the little gang that hangs out from this particular street, having to deal with the um, silent creeping horror that follows this this hazing gone wrong and the thing about insanity details is it's supposed to be short stories and i as i passed about twenty thousand words in this story i realized it's not a short story that's a novella so um 
I considered trying. I can cut that down to a short story. No, no, I, I, I kind of couldn't because I hadn't, I hadn't finished it yet. Um, I was only about half done with the story, so I wrote. And it was already way too long. <laughs> yeah, it was already way too long, and I was already, um, I was already kind of in love with the main character and didn't want to cut him down very much, um, and so I, I put it aside and wrote two other stories. Does this sound familiar? I wrote two other stories for that <laughs> anthology um, that were taken, A.B. and uh, Tracks in the Snow, and worked on that book until it was done and then came back to what became called, I don't remember what I had for it. Actually, I think that was the working title the entire time, um, Friends in High Places. Um and I think I'm sticking with that title because it's the first one I've ever come up with that I didn't immediately go, oh, that sucks. <laughs> It'll do for now, but it's got to be changed. Yeah, I'm terrible. <laughs> I am terrible with titles. Um, I have been working on something for a while. Um, it's called it, it, the, 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 the original working title was Drip Drip. Um, <laughs> so, and. It, it became every time I would mention it or every time I would, um, someone would say, what are you working on? Or, or, or did, what are you writing lately? And I'd say, yes, I've been working on drip, drip. Fuck. I've got to change that title. And that would, so, that, so that became, that became the subtitle. It was drip, drip shit. I have to change this title. Um, so now I, I came up with a different working title for it that I'm still probably going to change. It's it, at the moment, it's called the sound of water. Which sounds so much like the shape of water. It, it yeah. sounds like a ripoff, but it it matches, and it's it doesn't make me cringe like drip drip. So I'm sticking with that for, for now. <laughs> um, so yeah, I never I never had a cringe at uh, Friends in High Places. I was just hey, that sounds pretty good. Uh, so I stuck with it. So now now you have this thing that you were gonna put here and doesn't belong there. And you did what you had to to get what belonged there to belong there. And now you're back to finishing this story without a resting place, without a home. So how did how did how did you find a home at Bloodshot Books for uh, Friends in High Places? Um the, the the bad thing is that it's a novella. And the good thing is that it's a novella. I, I like writing that length. Um, I have been writing short stories since I started writing. I've been writing short stories because I'm, I've been learning to do it. And it's much easier to get feedback on something. If you can write five to, you know, five, six, 7,000 words and then polish it up and send it out and get feedback on it. Then take the time to craft 90,000 words or a hundred thousand words. Um, I could get feedback a couple of times a month rather than having to wait a year to hear what someone thinks of, of the finished work. Um, but it, I've slowly been, as I've been able to handle longer stories, I've been writing longer stories. And at the moment, I'm kind of in love with writing novellas. I intentionally kept this, I intentionally kept Friends in High Places novella length so that I could market it as a novella. Um if you're strictly looking at word counts, then anything between 17 and a half thousand and 40,000 words is a novella. There's a lot more to it than that. 
to actually classify something as either a novel or a novella, and it has to do with complexity and development. And I'm working on all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so, event- so eventually, yes, I'm going to have a novel. But this is, I want it to be a novella. So it, it wound up being over 40,000. It was about 40, it was almost 43,000 words. So it was in the small novel kind of category and i edited and cut it back as much as i could and got it down to thirty-nine thousand five hundred and change um (laughs) so it is it is as big as it can be and still be considered a novella the so that was that was fun that was the good thing the bad thing is there still aren't a lot of markets for novellas um and i've been hearing that from people and by people, I'll, I don't want to call Stacy my name or anything, but um, I, I will. Stacy. Stacy. Yeah. I've been I've been told not just by her, but more often by her, that uh, novellas are a hard sell. Uh, they're 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 hard to place. No one wants to to publish them. But I also keep reading about how um, the the ebook market has kind of had a res- created a resurgence of novellas. So I'm I'm. I'm still writing them and crossing my fingers and hoping. The problem is, yeah, she's right. You still, there's not, there aren't very many markets out there that say, they send us your novellas. Um, most of them, they're specifically looking for short stories for a specific anthology they're working on or a novella. They're working, uh, 70 to 110,000 words. Uh, did I say novella? I meant novel. Um, and so, Something that's thirty nine thousand five hundred and change is kind of cut out. Um, I submitted to, I think I found three or four places that were looking for, specifically looking for novellas, um, and submitted to them. Um, I heard back from a couple of them. One of them was Bloodshot Books. Um, I talked to Pete Kale, who is the head boob in charge over at uh bloodshot books um hugely talented one man show and i liked the way that he wanted to handle it i liked the way that he wanted to um put it together and sell it and he had suggestions for cover artists and one of them was lynn hansen and i was like yes so i think you like that idea yeah i did um so i i sent someone and i'm sorry i've already found a place for it and sent pete uh, and yes, I'd love to. And so it is going to be coming out from Bloodshot Books um, by the end of next month. Uh, it should. And with a cover by Lynn Hansen, which I'm all kinds of happy about. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't oh, seen it yet. The, the cover's in production. Question. Nope, the cover's in production right now, so I haven't actually seen it yet. Um, but I I do spend some time like going on her website and looking through her her gallery and just going oh i hope it looks like that oh i hope it looks like that oh that's really cool um so i no pressure lynn yeah as a matter of fact when i found <laughs> out that, that lynn was doing the uh the cover for it i i swooped on over to the website and i just kind of went well whatever it is it's going to be pretty damn good yeah it is and um so it's it's kind of cute that Lynn Hansen is married to I just went blank Jeff Strand wow sorry Jeff um Lynn Hansen is married to Jeff Strand and at the same time that I am putting out a book 
with a story from Jeff, I am my publisher's commissioning a, a cover for my book from Lynn. So I have like the whole little family there. That's that's kind up. of weirdly cool and yeah yeah and it was uh, I think you used the word earlier serendipitous it was I think I think that is a correct assessment yes um did, uh, interesting as as I've been listening realizing that as you became comfortable and proficient uh, with the short story concept and then wanted to expand out into doing novellas where you felt you could do more and work do you think it's be it's it's a process of you get really good with the short story concept then you move to a novella and eventually you're going to be into into full strong novels i think it's different i think it's different for everyone um there was there were some people who started out with a novel and look at a short story and say, I couldn't ever fit a story into 5,000 words. I don't oh, that's have enough, true. Yeah. I don't have enough room. And I didn't, I didn't come at it that way. I came at it um, basically as someone, my, uh, essentially, my self-confidence didn't fit. So I sent it back and it's on order. And when it shows up, I'm going to try it on and hope that it fits this time, but I, I, I'm severely lacking in self-confidence. So uh, telling people that I was working on a novel or sitting down and uh, saying that I was going to write something that, that large and, and uh, uh, the amount of work that goes into a novel to me seems kind of daunting. Um, I didn't feel like I could do that. So I started writing, I started writing shorts. I was, I started out writing um, essentially short stories. I wrote a science fiction series for my son who was seven, I think at the time, Um, just for him that no one else has ever seen. They're in a a binder book uh, at at his house um, on on his, on his bookcase. Um, And no one's ever, seen them he's told me i can publish them and i've looked at them and gone oh no they're terrible but they were great for a seven-year-old he loved them um but starting out that way i was just getting comfortable with writing you know five getting an idea out in five to seven thousand words um even then i was i was running long sometimes like i somewhere in my brain i want to write a longer story and the strain the little vacuum where my self-confidence is supposed to be kind of pulls it all back and reins it in and says whoa whoa, hold down you kind of need to learn to walk before you can run um i wish i was one of those people sometimes i wish i was one of those people who had just started out running i don't know how the writing process manifests itself i've tried repeatedly i fail miserably over and over again um, yeah that that's part of it is to fail yeah, but, but some people don't give up and i just kind of went yeah yeah i'll do something else because this is way too hard for me um and and i found that out in book one uh in trying to write the introduction for it and uh, that was the huge mistake in book one. 
Did that I wrote the introduction? Well, no, I don't think so. No, no, that wasn't. That wasn't. I, I've written introductions, and no, I, I yours wasn't bad. No, I I had originally written the China Dale story, and ah. uh, <laughs> and that's the one that I had sent to uh, to uh, Chris Golden and said, okay, here's kind of the introduction to the world. And here's who you need to do. And I, and I sent him a picture and name and the, and the whole thing. And about a month later, I got the email back that went, I wrote the wrong story. I thought you wanted me to write the China Dale story. Can you use it? And see, see, that's a confident guy because it, he screwed up and, and fessed right up and it worked out for him. Meanwhile, I just quietly and silently wrote another story. And you had to find out from someone else that I, that I screwed up wrote the wrong story. No, 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 it was far worse for me because I, I sent him an email back and I said, send it to me. Let me read it. Absolutely. And it showed up an hour later and I read the first sentence and I just went, shit, this is so much better than anything I could have ever done. And I'm not even at sentence two yet. And that was it for me. Well, so it's an acknowledgement that you have been that's, bested that's why, by one of the best. Yeah, that's why he writes for a living, and I carry the mail. <laughs> oh no, trust me, you, Rob. I got to tell you that at some point the light's going to go on, and you're going to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay with this because uh, a lot of people like it, and to a person, people I know who've read Triplicity go, "That's some really good stuff there." And people who have read some of your, your short stories and other editions. And I'm sure that when this one comes out as well, there will be more of it. I know for a fact that I look forward every time I hear that something new of yours is coming out. Well, thank you very much. And, and I absolutely mean that with, uh, with uh, no ulterior motive whatsoever. And I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, man. I, I do appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Kriana. We don't know who's going to be on the show next week. And at Barnes and Made me cry, Doc. So for this ever. Many thanks to Rob for joining us tonight and for the cast. Everybody, Colonel, sweetheart, son, Lord Creon, somewhere in the background, and not perfect. Stones, Terry, Jeannie, shared the little test. 
I know.